0: Um, I love how First Wednesdays have grown so much. Amen. That is the first thing that I noticed whenever I came tonight. I turned to my husband and I was like, people love this church. People love being here. And I love just seeing this house so full on First Wednesday because as you guys know that this is such an important night for our church. It, we, we, we are founded on a foundation of prayer. And that is one of the things that I love about being here. And it's so fun to see so many people in agreement with that. And so um, my name is Shelby Guest. I serve here with the women here at our church. Love, love, love our redemption women. And, um, And tonight I am going to be talking about Psalm 23. And Psalm 23 is one of my favorite, favorite, favorite psalms. I love it because... There are so many hidden truths that are in this psalm, and um, and when I think about Psalm twenty-three, um, Psalm twenty-three is filled with declarations in it. It is filled with declarations that you can speak over your life. It is filled with declarations of what God is like and who He is like and how He interacts with our, how He interacts with this people, and as we begin to read Psalm 23, we're going to go through it verse by verse, because there's only about five or six verses. Um, We are going to begin to receive Psalm 23, and then I want you guys to be able to speak it over yourselves and over your lives by the time you leave here tonight. And so, just off the top of your head, how many of you guys can quote, like, the first line of Psalm 23? A lot of you guys, yes. Which is? The Lord is our shepherd. Yes, y'all are such good Christians. (laughs) That was so good. I couldn't even do that. I was like, I don't know what Psalm 23 is for the longest time. Um, I often hear this is said at funerals, too. Um, I haven't been around long enough, but I was like, oh, that's an interesting fact about Psalm 23 is that they say this at, at funerals. And so, um, so, again, the core, the foundation of Psalm 23 is understanding who God is. God is declaring what he is like, and he is declaring how he interacts with his people. And so tonight, um, I want to frame Psalm 23, and if you're going to walk away with a title, my title would be Understanding the Good Shepherd. Understanding the Good Shepherd. And I want to talk to you guys tonight about how God is a really good shepherd. He's a really good shepherd. And so from Psalm 23, we're going to go through six gifts that God wants us to receive as we begin to believe that he is is a good shepherd. Six gifts that God wants us to receive as we begin to believe that he is a good shepherd. So I'm just going to go ahead and I'm going to read it. If you brought your Bible, feel free to join. The Lord is my shepherd. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil, my cup overflows. Surely goodness and loving kindness will follow me all the days of my life. And I will dwell in the house of the Lord forever. So theme, what does it mean that God is our shepherd? What does this look like? The first line, David's saying, the Lord is my shepherd. And this is so significant because David is speaking out of his life experience. He's saying David was a shepherd. He literally had the experience of what it was like to be a shepherd firsthandedly. He knew what it was like. And this is how God reveals himself to you. As he says, I want to make myself known in a way that is familiar to you. I want to make myself known to you in a way that you understand. And so God will speak to you in a way that you understand and he makes himself known to you in a way that is so intimate and is so personal. And this is how he was making himself known to David as he's saying, David, I know you understand what it's like to be a shepherd and I want you to know that I am your shepherd. And this is the first first line of, of this Psalm. Now fun fact, the root word of the shepherd is uh, in, e- in Hebrew, it's called raha. Can y'all say that? Raha. raha. Um, and this word, the root meaning of it is best friend. And so what David is saying here is God, you are my shepherd, but you are my best friend. And the second, there's two, two root meanings of this. The second one I am not gonna pronounce, but um, The second one means lover of the flock. And so God isn't just an overseer of the flock. He is a lover of the flock. This is the core of his very nature and character is that he is love and he is is someone, he is a shepherd that is your best friend and at his core, he is a lover. This is who God is and this is what he is like. Um, The second part of this verse, I will not need how many of y'all have a need? A lot. Yes, some of y'all with two hands. Um, I want to just ask you a question. What would it be like to feel like that you do not lack or you do not have needs or you do not have a need? And I want you to know that in Philippians, Philippians 4, it says that God provides all of our needs that he sees fit. He is capable of providing for all of your needs. And I want you to know tonight that if you came with a need that God sees you and that he understands that he wants to meet that need. I always heard it put that God meets the need that he sees fit. So it might look different than you think it might be. It might look different than you thought it was always gonna look. But God sees your need and he wants to meet it. Verse two, check in time. He lets me lie down in green pastures. Um, I'm going to take this verse by verse. And I love verse 2 because this is a statement of rest. Oh, sorry, I didn't tell you the points. The The first point of the psalm was that he wants us to receive his provision. The second point is that he wants us to receive his rest. So he lets me lie down in green pastures. And so I want you to know that the ability to get to lie down in green pastures is like a sheep's dream. Like what David's saying here is like, not only sheep do you get to lie down, but you get to lie down and you get to eat. This is God's way of saying like, you get to have breakfast in bed. If that's your thing, that's what you get. And so God is a good provider. He wants to provide for you and he's looking for a way to like give you the best of the best. He's looking for a way to give you and provide for you way above and beyond more than you could ever ask or think. And so he wants to give you rest. Now, this is for all you people who are go, go, go. This is for all you people who find it really, really hard to rest. And I am such a fighter for rest because I think culture screams at us to not rest. And I want you to know that the rest that God provides isn't just physical, it's internal too. And so it's the kind of rest that makes you go quiet on the inside. It's the kind of rest that makes you really vulnerable. And it's the kind of rest where you allow the Holy Spirit inside to say, God, would you examine my heart and would you speak to me? And verse number three, he restores my soul. He restores my soul. So the nature of restoration Um, is that the old becomes new again. The old becomes new again. So God wants to restore your soul. As I was sitting here tonight, one of the things that I felt from the Holy Spirit is that God wants to hit refresh and restore in so many of your lives. He wants you to know that you're not too far off, you're not too far gone for restoration, and he wants to hit the refresh button in your heart and that is possible. And God, and one of the things I love about restoration is God's not like, I'm done with you, I need another person or a new human being. He's like, hey, you're really cool and I wanna restore you. Like, I wanna work with you. And I think of just um, the the picture that comes to mind is in this area a lot, we can have hurricanes. And so we have firsthandedly seen a lot of like what it looks like to have restoration in this area with buildings being flooded, some of y'all's houses got flooded, some things have been lost, but like the beautiful thing is God's like, I'm not done with this house, like I want to keep this house, and I want to restore this house back to its original design. And so point number three is that God wants to restore your soul. That is the third gift that he wants to give you, as you understand that he is a good shepherd. Verse number four, he guides me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Point number four, the gift number four that God wants to give you is he wants to give you guidance. And so in this verse where it says he guides you in paths of righteousness, um, literally this is translated circular paths of righteousness. And this is significant because in the Old Testament, in Israel, sheep would be guided along the hillside in Israel up and up and up along a hill. And that's typically how it went with shepherds who shepherded sheep. And this is a reminder to us that God wants to guide you and have you overcome whatever mountain you're facing. And I think so often of the time, um, we can get stuck because we think we should be past things already in our lives, and we think that we should be over things already. But the truth is, is that if there was at all anywhere pain in your life, pain happens in layers, and so does healing. And so God's going to take you through healings up, up, and up, but as you hold and you walk hand in hand with him, he is faithful to you to bring you higher and higher. And so I want you to know that though you may be like, I've seen this place before, I'm going in circles, I'm not making any progress, I want you to know that God's progress might look different than yours. God's progress might look different than yours. And that is just the nature of who God is. You're going to, there are some mountains you're gonna be in for years. I have been in the mountain of patience for for years. I I thought I had great patience and then I got married. And I was like, I do not have good patience. And then I had a kid, a kid with like anger issues and like heavy tantrums. And I'm like, I am going to be learning patience for the next 15 years of my life. I'm just gonna put my flag here and camp out here because this is gonna be my mountain then I'm gonna keep going around and around. And the thing is, is that God's not disappointed with that. He's not like, you should be over this by now. You should be better than this. I thought you knew more than that. He's like, no, I understand your pain. I get that this is going to take us some time. God understands process. He understands the process that you're in. And he's not judging you and telling you to get over it. He's not like, yeah, you should have known that by now. He's like, no, I understand that this is going to take time. I understand, and as you walk hand in hand with him, he is faithful to lead you higher and higher and lead you deeper into your understanding of who he is as a good shepherd. So, verse number four. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil, for you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. Um, I honestly wish I could go through every single verse of this and just give you all all the things. But point number five, the fifth gift that God wants you to receive is comfort. And so I want to kind of explain what the rod and the staff mean because I feel like this can be a little bit misunderstood by people. And so if you were a shepherd back in the day, you would carry a rod and a staff. And the rod um, was a source of protection. So a rod is just... Like a rod. It's nothing fancy. It's just something that the shepherd could fight off wild animals with and protect the sheep. And, um, and the rod, where am I? Um, the rod is a symbol of God's strength and protection. And the staff represents God's loving kindness and guidance. And so the staff is significant in this because only a, shef- a shepherd would be carrying a staff. And a staff is this, like, long stick that, like, has this thing come around, maybe a hook-like thing. And, um, and it is, <laughs> I'm so good at describing things. <laughs> and it is the thing that, like, you know, sheep are, like, a little bit clumsy. And they can kind of get lost sometimes. Does anyone relate to that? Like, I'm a little bit clumsy, and I can maybe get a little bit lost sometime. Um, So a staff would be like if the sheep would fall down or the sheep would fall over, the shepherd would like, the good shepherd would like get the staff, hook it around the sheep and then like help the sheep back up and say, come on sheep, you now follow, follow with us and stop going astray. And so that's kind of what a staff did. And so the rod, you know, you have, your, you, you have God's protection with the rod, and then you have his guidance and his loving kindness with the staff. And that brings comfort, which yeah. leads us to the fifth gift that he wants to give you is comfort. God is bigger and he's able to give you wisdom and give you insight to whatever situation you're facing. He's a big God. He's a really good protector and he's a really good provider. And he's really good at giving loving kindness to to the places of your heart that your heart needs. Okay, verse number five. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You have anointed my head with oil my cup overflows. Surely your goodness and faithfulness will follow me all the days of my life, and my dwelling will be in the house of the Lord forever. <laughs> now, I want to just kind of focus here on, um, on the verse, "My cup overflows." Now, I love this because the gift number six that God wants to give you is the gift of abundance. He wants to provide, not just provide for you, but provide with you in abundance. And I love that abundance is kind of sprinkled throughout this whole passage. Throughout this whole chapter, the word abundance is sprinkled throughout. He wants you to lie down in not dark pastures, not rotten pastures, but green pastures, pastures that are in abundance. And, um, and I just kind of want to circle back to verse one because this is significant. In verse 1, it says, I shall not want, which is great. Like, God provides all your needs. You don't need to want. Like, he is a good provider. And then in the last verse, it says, my cup overflows. So David went from saying, I shall not want, to my cup overflows when I spend time and presence with the Lord. And this is what God wants to give you. He wants to fill your heart, not just to the brim, but to overflowing. Yeah. He wants to fill you up, and he wants to not not just meet your, meet your needs, but above and beyond give you more than you could ever ask or think. This is what he wants to give you as the, as the good shepherd, and this is what he has to offer you. He is a God of abundance, and he is a God who in him you don't have to lack. Yeah. You don't have to lack as you go to him. And the hard thing is just keeping in mind who your shepherd is and pursuing him. That's the hardest part of this whole process. The rest is pretty easy. And so keep your eyes on him. Remind yourself of who the good shepherd is. Um, One one fun thing that it says in this verse is um, You have anointed my head with oil. As I was reading about this, um, oil is also a representation of the Holy Spirit. But back in the day, whenever shepherds were shepherding their sheep, um, they would put oil over their heads because insects would come, and insects would try and distract the sheep. And so oil would, uh, pouring oil over the sheep's head would, would keep the insects away. And I just think of like, this is God having all the tools. Yeah. This is him having all the things that, that he needs in order to keep us safe, in order to keep us protected, in order to be a good provider for us. And, um, and so in, in closing, I just want you guys to be reminded tonight of how good of a shepherd that God is and how much he wants to be the good shepherd for you. And there's only one good shepherd. Yeah. There's only one good shepherd. You can follow a lot of really great people. You can follow a lot of really smart people. You can follow a lot of really equipped people. But there is only one good shepherd. And he is the only one who can restore your soul. He is the only one who can refresh your soul. He is the only one that knows every desire of your heart. He is the only one that knows your needs. He's the only one that knows your needs. And he is the only one that as you make those needs known to him that he is the provider. And so um, I'm just going to end with that. I want you guys to just grow in more and more of an understanding of how good God is and how faithful to be a good shepherd he is.